Welcome to Identity Church Sunday Morning Message, where sonship is revealed. Stay tuned at the end of this message to receive more information about resources available through Identity Church. Now grab your Bible, sit back, and enjoy a message from Identity Church that is already in progress. Oh, wow. This is going to be fun. So, you ever have... uh... Well, let me just back up and kind of talk about how today's message came about. Pastor Charlie, you know, had the surgery, and so the eldership decided that he needed to take a break with his doctor. You know, his doctor said he just needs to take it easy. So we set up a schedule so that all the elders could preach, and then we've had uh, other speakers like Karen and Ron, people that came in and preached to to help, you know, fill those gaps because we needed to fill eight weeks, which He's chomping at the bit right now. So we still have to kind of hold him back till for another week or two. And uh, then, you know, he'll, he'll be released to come back up and do the normal activities. Well, he's going through the therapy right now. And he, he told me, uh, I guess it was Monday or Tuesday, whenever we talked. He goes, oh, it's, he goes, that's worse than the operation, worse than wearing a sling. He goes, she took it and put it over my arm like that. He goes, I thought I was going to come unglued. And I said, well, you know, God, that, there's a reason that you're not up here. And there's a reason that you're taking a break, you know, heal. We just talked about that. That miraculous healing is his time right now to have that miracle healing. So a couple of weeks ago, you know, I go, gosh, I'm looking at the calendar in my office and I'm going, okay, well, we got, you know, Ron preached, then we got Karen preached, then we had Lisa preached, then we had Karen preach. Oh, gosh, I'm next week. And I so that was two weeks ago. And I said, okay, no problem. I've got a couple things I'll pull out. And you know how when you plan something, God goes at the last minute, no, 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 no. This is what I want you to do. And uh, that happened. It happened last week. I had two messages ready, and I was just trying to pick, figure out which one would be good. And I talked to Charlie about that, I guess, Monday, and he goes, go with the one that God dropped in your lap. Well, he didn't literally drop it in my lap. He dropped it in my hand. And uh, let me tell you what happened. Each morning, Lisa and I wake up, and we have coffee in our prayer room. We have a, a prayer room, uh, uh, nothing in it but just Bibles, a couple chairs, couch, quiet. And we just sit in there and pray and spend time reading scriptures and talking about what we're reading. So I'm sitting in there, and I'm drinking my coffee. It was really good. And she's going, can I tell you? And she goes, you're not going to believe what, what I just got on my uh, the uh, meditation for the day. And I, I said, well, read it to me. So she's reading it to me, and she goes, yeah, the Lord was telling me about Micah 6.8. And that we should be lovers of justice, that we should be humble, and that we should show kindness and love and mercy. And I, I said, oh, that's great. That's a great scripture, blah, blah, blah. And I go, you know, where have I heard that before? And I'm looking at the cup. And I'm, I'm, I turned it around like this, took another. I said, there it is. God dropped the message right in my hand that day. He dropped it in her meditation, which she shared it with me. And then he dropped it right in my hand. So what is Micah 
let me, let me just back up. So I have been studying that day. I was studying Romans. I was looking at Romans. We all know the scripture, Romans 28, 29, 30. I was taking the end of that chapter and, and just kind of digesting it. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his good purpose for them. So, first of all, you're called. What is that calling? You know, and what I started doing was dissecting that and looking at the end of it. And what is God's purpose? What is the good purpose that we're called for? Well, we know that. You know, we're ambassadors of Christ. We need to be out there and, you know, showing, showing the world Christ through us. But it got a little bit deeper than that, so I stopped on that once, once this dropped in my hand, and I said, you know what? I said, according to God's good purpose. And then so I started looking at Micah, and it says this. I'm going to read it out of the NLT first. It says, No, O people, the Lord has told you what is good. There it is. Here it comes. This is what He requires of you. To do what is right, justice. To love mercy, kindness. And to humbly walk with your God. And there it is. So my sermon title today is, Does God Have Requirements for Kingdom Living? Does He? We just said it. Those are the requirements. He requires of you to do what is right, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. So the word require struck me. And I'm going, you know, I, I don't know. What exactly does that mean? What does that look like? The requirement that we have to have a kingdom life, we have to show the world these things. So uh, the Holy Spirit led me to look up the verse in other translations. And actually, I picked up the Good News Bible, and I don't even know if we have that translation up there, but Elder Kathy, if we did, that would be great. If we don't, it's... A... Oh, okay. So um, I never really look at the Good News Bible. It's sitting on the shelf. It's all dusty. You know, it's, you got stacks of them, and I go to my favorite one all the time. I go to the Passion. I go to the NIB Study Bibles. I go to this one, which is my favorite Bible of all, the Life Recovery Bible. Uh, put me back on track many, many, many years ago. Back to a... God-centered life rather than a self-centered life. Um, but here's what the good news showed me when I read the translation. It says, no, the Lord has told us already what is good. What He requires of, of us is this, to do what is just, there's the justice, to show constant love and live in humble fellowship with our God. Okay. Pretty simple, hey? We can do those things. Everybody got it down? Those are requirements. Let's let's we got it nailed. John, you got them nailed? No? Okay, me neither. You have which one nailed? <laughs> None of them? Okay. 
So let me give you a little, everybody knows the story of Micah? One of the lesser prophets. Um, let me just tell you a quick story about it, you know, about Micah. Uh, the people in Micah's day, they weren't very much different than our world that we live in today. And I'm willing to bet if they had internet and cell phones and, you know, instant communications, they'd be even worse than what we are today. But anyway, uh, they lived self-centered lives. Uh, Israel and Judah, they, 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 they were living self-centered lives. They had turned to other gods. Um, and Micah was commissioned by God to talk to them about their greed and their pride. Um, that's what they were driven by, that sense of greed, that sense of pride. When you read the book, you can see in there where they spent many, many hours, many nights plotting against the helpless, the homeless, the hurting. And they took the daytime to carry out those plans. They took advantage of the weak, the weary, the broken, and they took quick advantage of them. So it was just not a good situation in Israel and not a good situation in Judah. Uh, they lied to boost their pride. They make themselves look good while they were practicing deceit and corruption. Wow. Sound like, sound like anything you see around lately? Yeah, okay. So they weren't so different from us. They wandered really far off of God's plan for them, and they were about to suffer painful consequences for their choices that they made. And that's what uh, Micah was sharing with them. So I started looking at those three words again, justice, kindness, and humility, or justice, mercy, and humility. So it started me on a, uh, a little mission to really examine what those meant in, as far as those scriptures. So the justice that we're talking about, the justice that Micah was talking about with them, was about not the legal, not justice in the legal term. Justice in the legal term is all interpretation. We know that, right? That's why we have lawyers, because they can get you $700,000 by twisting the truth, or whatever it is they do, convince the jury that, you know, it, it, what they see and, and all the evidence is not real. So the legal sense of the word justice is dependent upon how it's presented in a court of law. In the scripture, justice is implies social justice, which is a huge difference, um, such as helping the poor, feeding the hungry, clothing the naked, freeing the captives, working with impoverished people, disadvantaged people, the widows, the, um, the weary, the brokenhearted, anybody that was socially outcast, the sick, the lame, the, the lepers, anybody that was outcast, that's what this social justice is talking about. So volunteering in a food bank today, or in a prison, or in a battered women's shelter, or in a nursing home, or a pregnancy center, or a hospital, or a homeless shelter, or any kind of other social 
agency or maybe working on the mission field. Today, that's what that social justice is talking about for us to do. That's our requirement. Are we doing that? You know, many of us do, but are we all doing it? And have we thought about where we fit with our calling in those social situations? And there's many, 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 many more. And I know many of, of, of the folks sitting right here are active in those things and much, much more. But I'm talking to those, and I'm even speaking to myself this morning. Um, what am I doing? How do I get back involved? Where do I see myself using my calling for social justice, the way the scriptures say? And then there's mercy. The other word for mercy in here is kindness. So what could that be today? Loving and showing kindness to the addicted? Or maybe encouraging their family members? Now, do you know that 50% of families, husbands and wives, that one or the other goes into recovery from, an, from addiction, that marriage, 50% of them dissipate. They don't make it. Because the recovery process involves the entire family. And if only one person's willing to do that, then the, the rest of the family is left in the lurch. Because once somebody decides to stop that addictive behavior and move forward into a clean life, it throws the rest of the family into a whirl. Because they either have to decide to look at this new person and find ways that they can relate to them, because the old ways aren't going to be there anymore. And you really go through a grieving process. When somebody gives up drugs or alcohol or whatever it is, whatever that addictive behavior is, the rest of the family goes through a grieving process. That person goes through a grieving process. My whole life just changed. And, you know, it's a life change. So there's all kinds of emotional support that needs to be around the other family members as well as the addict. Um, as an addiction counselor, I can tell you this, you know, that most of the times that Lisa and myself were working with addicts and their family, it was with the families. The families needed more support than the addict did. The addict would go to AA or go to NA or wherever, and they had that support nucleus. But the rest of the family, the spouse and the children, they really didn't have anything. They unless we would find them something or develop a recovery program that suits them so they can follow the same path that the other person was taking, a clean life. You know, you got to think about how that impacts all kinds of, of, of the family members' lives. Well, how about this one? How about today loving the prostitute, showing kindness? How about the next con? How about the mentally challenged, the incorrigible, the lost? How about just somebody that has a different political expression than we do? Being kind to them. Yeah. I mean, it's tough, but sometimes that act of kindness is just us shutting up and say, okay, Lord, you're going to take care of it. I don't need to say anything, you know, and, and it'll work itself out. You're going to take care of it. I don't have to go there. Or how about this one? How about offering forgiveness 
to anybody who's ever hurt us, including ourselves. Showing kindness, showing mercy. Offering forgiveness was probably, for me, one of the hardest things that I had to learn uh, going through a recovery process because um, as an adult child of an alcoholic family, well, let me just say more than alcohol, but dysfunction, prostitution, drug addictions, I mean, you name it, that was my family growing up. I couldn't forgive any of them. You know, they made me what I was. I blamed them. So it took many years for me to get to the point where I could look at, especially my mother, and and just say, you know, I forgive you. Because her last words to me before she passed away was, blank you, I hope you rot in hell. That was the last time I spoke with her. And she died two weeks later. The burden was on me all those years because I carried that. You know, I never forgave her or I never tried to call her back. And of course, I realized who, she, who, who I was talking to because I talked to her most of my life. It was an addict. And she was actively in her drug addiction. And she was also a prostitute. And she, you know, there was a lot of things going on. But that was the last word she ever spoke to me on the phone because I wouldn't give her money. I put my foot down and finally said, no, I am not going to send you money out to Texas on Western Union so you can go spend it on drugs. I got kids here. No, not doing it anymore. But I didn't forgive her. It took me four or five more years before I could get to the point where I forgave her for being human, for falling into that trap, for not being able to get out. And then I had to stop and forgive myself because her trap was also my trap because I had issues with anger, issues with codependency, had drug issues of my own. Um, And I don't want to get into all of that because that's a whole other sermon. That's a different place to go. But what I'm saying is we have to learn how to and we're required to. It says right there. I didn't write it. It says right there. We're required to show love, mercy, and kindness. Okay, what about humility? That's a big word. Admitting that, number one, we need God. I need God. I need Christ in my life. I need God every single day, every moment of every day. I need Him. Because it's so easy for me to fall back into pride or some kind of other behavior if I didn't have Him to be standing there and be walking with me and say, uh-uh-uh-uh-uh, you're walking into, into some territory I don't think you should go. And reminding me who I am Reminding me of my identity. Those old things are not my identity. They might still play a little tape in here, but they're not who I am. But the humility that we need Him and that we are equally loved and important to Him, all of us, equally loved, equally important to Him, 
Why? So that no one would perish. Not one would perish. I'm poor and I'm weak spiritually. I am interdependent, not codependent, but I'm inter interdependent on Christ and his ability to work in my life through the Holy Spirit. I need that. That comes to the second part of the forgiveness place, to ask forgiveness for people that I hurt. Because it only takes one step and I'm in my pride. And I can hurt somebody. I can, it's very simple. Very simple for me to hurt someone. We all have spiritual gifts. Debbie said it. Elder Debbie. Are we using our spiritual gifts in a manner of humility? Do, does everybody know what their spiritual gifts are? Do you operate in those? I mean, nothing bothers me more in the spirit, because I'm poor in spirit, than somebody to tell me what they are. Listen, I have so many spiritual gifts, I can tell you what you are. A lion doesn't have to tell me he's a lion. If he's sitting right there, I know that's a lion. Same thing with our spiritual gifts. If we're working with people and we're loving on them and we're working in that social justice and we're doing what God requires us to do, people are going to know what our spiritual gifts are. They're going to see them. We're going to use them. They're going to go, how did you know that? Working with addicted families, we know that a huge percentage of them were abused as children. And I can pick that up right off the bat within 10 minutes, so can Pastor Lisa. We pick it right up. And there's something about seeing that little child in that person when they're speaking to you and you're feeling that hurt and you're seeing that pain and you're seeing that their childhood working out in front of you and you go, gosh, they're physically, sexually, mentally, verbally, any kind of abuse that actually can happen, they just were abused as children. Thus comes the adult that's hurting other people. So when we are, are use our spiritual gift, our giftings, and many of us have many of them, and I believe this is true, this is for me, that the Holy Spirit directs me on which one I need to use at that time. Because there's many of them. And if I just stand here and profess that I am this or I am that, that's one step away from maybe being prideful. For me, I'm just speaking about me. Well, you don't know what I am. I'm, I'm this. What am I doing? I'm taking the identity that God gave me as a whole and I'm narrowing it down to one prideful event. So I have to, to ask forgiveness for that. So why does God require these, these things? Why do you think that is? So Jesus explained it very clearly in Matthew 5 to his disciples. I want you to listen to a couple of these. 
Everybody knows what Matthew 5 is, right? You know that chapter? Very good. God blesses those who are poor spiritually, and they realize that they need Him for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. If we realize that we're spiritually poor and realize that we have a need for Him, what has He given us? The kingdom of heaven. God blesses those who are humble, for they will inherit the whole earth. God blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice, for they will be satisfied. This water is pretty good. Needed that. God blesses those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Did you catch that? Jesus starts off in the very beginning talking about the kingdom of heaven is theirs, and he ends up down in verse 10. The kingdom of heaven is theirs, and in the middle of all of this, justice. Mercy, kindness, love, and humility. Those same three things that we talked about in the very beginning. So uh, in Matthew 5, in the Good News Version, I want to read that because it takes a little slightly different approach. Same verses. Happy are those who know that they are spiritually poor, Because the kingdom of heaven belongs to them. That is awesome. And if we truly believe that we're kingdom people and that is our identity, then we need to admit that we're spiritually poor. Rely on God. Happy are those who are humble. They will receive what God has promised. Wow. Happy are those whose greatest desire is to do what God requires. There we go. There's requirements. God will satisfy them. Happy are those who are merciful to others. God will be merciful to them. Happy are those who are persecuted because they do what God requires. The kingdom of heaven belongs to them. So in every patches that you go to and read the Sermon on the Mount, it starts off with the kingdom of heaven. Jesus is saying the kingdom of heaven is going to be yours. And he ends up saying the kingdom of heaven is going to be yours. But you got to do these things that are in between. These are the things that God requires for a kingdom life. But they're so simple. Why do we have such a problem with them? I'm speaking for me. I'm not saying anybody else. I'm just talking about me. Why do sometimes I fight it? I don't know. But isn't that great news? That God's given us the kingdom of heaven. It's ours. He didn't say He was going to give it to anybody else but us. Does this make sense to anybody? Is anybody getting anything out of it today? Because I'm getting something out of it. <laughs> it's me. It's, it, this is for me today. And I'm just glad that you know, I had the opportunity to share it with you. So, I know we're a little early, but I'm, gonna, I'm just going to wrap it up. Does that sound Okay. You like that? I know you do. see a big smile on your face. Happy are those who are wrapped up early because they get to go to lunch today. (laughs) Beat the crowd to Father's Day lunch. But 
here it is. This is, this is our, our, our direct line to the Father. When we look at these things and we say, yes, I'm required to do that. You know, I'm required. Jessica, I'm re- you're required to go do something in social setting that you can show that you have a desire to help someone so, so, in social justice to bring something to somebody that no other person's going to bring. You have that ability. Nobody else has it. I don't know what it is. You know what it is. Something is desire of your heart is in there saying, I need to get involved in that. I would be good at that. I need to work with that. All of us have that. All of us have that heart. Heart for the hurting. Heart for the brokenhearted. You know, heart for the addicts. Heart for the ex-cons. Heart for the prostitutes. Heart for anybody who is impoverished and abandoned. And guess what? Good news is you're going to be persecuted for doing it. You're going to get persecuted. Good news? Happier are those who are persecuted for doing what God asked them to do. I'll gladly do it as long as I know that God's asking me to do it and it's not coming out of my pride or myself. So let's wrap up. Uh, Father, I just pray today that all of us will understand what the word justice is. And I pray that each single one of us today will walk out and spend a few moments with you and say, okay, Lord, what kind of justice do you want me to serve today? How can I serve in in that social justice area? And Father, how can I show today, show me where I need to forgive people. Show me where I need to accept people who are not the same as myself to show them constant love and kindness. And Father, show me today how I walk humbly with you. What do I need to do in my life? What things do I need to change maybe in my life? What actions do I need to take that would help me be more humble, more kind, more serving? Because the point of it all is that I can be reasonably happy because you are satisfied and you are looking at me going, well done, sir. Well done. This is exactly what I wanted you to do. Because I know and we know that you have given us the kingdom. But we need to take some steps to stay in that kingdom. So help us take those steps. Help us make those steps. Help us make those a priority in our lives. Help others see what spiritual gifts we have and help us to use them in the right way. Not prideful, but humbly. We love you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. I just pray a blessing on all fathers today. Father, I pray that they teach their sons and daughters well. That they show them examples of social justice. That they show them examples of mercy and kindness and grace. And that they show them how to humbly walk in your shadow with you. 
Father, we're no different than Adam. Adam walked with you in the garden. He walked with you. We can walk with you too. It says right there. We walk humbly with you. So show us how to do that. Show us where we need to meet you so that we can be humble enough to walk with you. Father, we love you, praise you, and give you all honor and glory. In Christ Jesus' name. Listen, be blessed today. Be safe today. Be happy in the Lord today as you leave. And have a great day. This day is God's gift to you. Enjoy it. Thank you for tuning in to today's message from Identity Church. To know more about us, go to identitychurch.net, where you'll find resources such as a calendar, media, and upcoming events. You may also download an app for your mobile device from the Apple App Store or Google Play. Then from your mobile device, you can hear our messages, read from the Bible, take notes, connect with us on the social media, and even pay your tithe. Again, thank you for tuning in to today's message from Identity Church.